0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tacovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Um, but he said, you know, being a good interview is not about asking good questions. It's about being a good listener to their answers and you know it's a difference you know and that's that's really stuck with me in trying to be more intentional with how i i pay attention to
2: different guests that was jason meadows host of the ag state of mind podcast which is aimed at addressing the mental health issues going on in the agriculture industry Now, you might remember Jason from a few short months ago. He was a guest here on the podcast, and Jason and I talked about his podcast, his background, what he's doing, and what he's learned with the Ag State of Mind podcast, and how important it is to address mental health, whether you're in the ag industry or not. So welcome to the Farm Traveler podcast. I am your host, Trevor Williams, and this episode will be a little bit different. Jason and I started this interview talking about podcasting, what we've learned, and what we hope our podcasts become. So if you want to behind-the-scenes look at what we are both doing to kind of build our podcast and what we've learned and how we kind of go about creating a good interview, then you're going to enjoy this podcast. This is a great conversation with Jason, and he put this together, and he ha- he asked a lot of really great questions about kind of what I do to kind of build the perfect interview and I ask him kind of the same questions and it's really neat to kind of see how somebody else is building a podcast so podcasting is booming right now everybody is taking advantage of it which is fantastic and I think we're both addressing some key fields or some key issues going on in the ag industry so I hope you enjoy this episode again be sure to check out Jason and his podcast ag state of mind hope you enjoy it and thanks so much for listening and let us know what you thought about this podcast on our social media. Jason and I both shared this. He shared it last week with his audience, and I'm sharing it this week with you guys. So hope you enjoy it. Um, I'm going to stop stalling. Enjoy the episode.
1: All right Trevor thanks a bunch for uh, getting together with me and getting this done this is uh, this is really exciting for the people listening this is kind of an experimental thing that Trevor and I came up with to get together and just kind of talk about podcasting and you know what's going on with it so you know I know I have been on your show and you know I think we're going to kind of do a swap podcast with this but for for the people who are maybe listening to you on my show who may not recognize you Tell me about who you are and tell me about your podcast and where the idea came for from that.
2: Yeah, well, I'm excited to be on, Jason. I mean, we're going to talk about all things ag and podcasting. So, yeah, the podcast is Farm Traveler. I started it, it just started out as a blog in 2016. And I really, I'm, I'm a former ag teacher. I retired from that after two years and started doing software work. But I, I missed being an active part in ag. And so I started the podcast or I started the blog I was like, you know what, let's keep in touch with the ag community, to see what's going on. And then podcasting started booming. And one of my favorite shows was Booze Traveler. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, that's so cool. He goes around, travels and sees like different cocktails, drinks, recipes around the country, around the world. What if I did something that like that for the ag industry? And so thus we started the podcast and we've been, I think, season two right now. So it's been pretty fun to do. We've interviewed people from Ireland, Scotland, Australia, all over the US. It's really it really has that like one goal to bridge the gap between farmers and consumers. Like I, the average consumer out there doesn't really know where their food comes from, so I really hope that these podcasts can kind of help consumers learn and also which was totally unintended, but a lot of people in the ag world listen to this and they learn from different farmers. So I mm-hmm. think it's a great way where consumers can learn and farmers can learn. So it's been a really fun process. I've learned a lot about ag and about podcasting. So it's been it's been a real good time. We're going on year two, so we'll see where it takes us.
1: Yeah, it's awesome, and I I for one really enjoy it. And I think I think you are like I think maybe an unintended audience to this was other farmers who like take me for example. I'm you know I'm a cattle producer. I am pretty familiar with cattle. You know, obviously. I, I try to learn as much and be as open-minded. But, you know, I'm I'm pretty well-versed in that. On other things, agriculture, I have next to no clue. Like, I mean, I've learned so much. Um, you know, I have no idea about apple farming in Washington or produce farming in the Central Valley of California or citrus in your part of the world down in Florida. You know, so, I mean, there's so much for so many of us, not just consumers, but also farmers and ranchers too to learn from that kind of discussion and learn how other people do different things
2: oh yeah and i mean just as much as like every state has its own commodities and their own specialties like every farm is different i mean like you said you have beef cattle well somebody down the road might have beef cattle and pigs i mean everything is going to be different and so it's cool i mean to kind of work together and see what's going on and so it's it's been something that was very unintentional but it's been really really neat to learn all these things that farmers are learning from one, from one another. I mean, you and I both know that farmers are like a very collaborative bunch. Mm-hmm, so it's been sure. really to kind of see them learn from, I mean, what we're covering on the podcast. So it's yeah. been really cool. It's great. Yeah,
1: yeah. so I, I find it really interesting in that it started out as a blog because minded to, you know, and I think I think a lot of people start from there. And, you know, they start with this love for writing, but they want to be able to maybe expand their horizons. And Mm -hmm. to me, I feel like I think the beauty of podcasting is you can do it when you're doing other things. You know, if you are reading a blog, you have to be sitting down at a computer or have your phone in your face, you know, scrolling through your reading. You can be doing, you know, household chores. For me, I listen to podcasts in the tractor while I'm bailing hay, you know, all this other thing. And that, I think that's why podcasts are so popular is because they fill otherwise dead space.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember... I don't know, like five, 10 years ago, audiobooks got Mm -hmm. super popular. Everybody was listening to to books instead of reading them. And now, like you said, you can do like, I'll wash the dishes or fold clothes while listening to a podcast. I mean, it's something you can do while you're just doing a very automated process, like driving or bailing hay or anything. So I think it's super accessible. Like you don't have to really set down a time to read it like a blog or watch it like a YouTube video or a TV show you can be driving, you can be working out, you can do anything and you can listen to it. And I've been finding a lot of people will do it when like they're doing it when they're working out, like when they're doing physical or something where they're chilling, they want to learn something. So they'll put on a podcast instead of listening to music and just kind of drowning out everything. Like they're still kind of actively engaged and learning and doing something different. So it's been cool. And I mean, podcasts are booming. I think Last month or something, like the total number of podcasts finally eclipsed the total number of YouTube channels. So, oh, is that I mean, right? Podcasts, yeah. So, I mean, there, I think it's like over a million, I think, like that, like total, like really unique podcasts. Yeah. So, it's booming. Everybody's bringing their own unique taste to it. Everybody's, everybody has a story to tell and everybody wants to listen to something unique. So, I think it's been really cool. And I think a lot of people in the ag world that are starting podcasts have kind of started to kind of take advantage of it. Like, this is, something consumers are doing. This is something we can do in our spare time. It, it's not a huge barrier for entry and it's something you can kind of get out, get out in front of a whole bunch of people with a few hours of research. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's really cool. And I, uh, you mentioned talking about running and, and working out and I, that's where the idea for my podcast came from is Last year, my wife and I did a half marathon and, you know, I just like used to, you'd listen to music and, you know, that got kind of mundane and boring after a while. Mm-hmm, uh, but then yeah. I got into audio and podcasts and like, it really made that time even more more meaningful because you can train your mind at the same time as you're training the rest of your body. And, you know, you look forward to not just only running, but what you're going to listen to. And you know, I I found that really like motivating for a reason to get out and and run. And I, I to this day, that's like that's my go to is listening to podcasts.
2: Yeah, no, it's so fun. I, I remember one of the first real podcasts I listened to was Art of Manliness by Brett McKay. Mm-hmm. He's had he has a great blog and his podcast is awesome. He he interviews people like self development gurus, um, historians, basically like whatever. And it's awesome to listen to because like you said you can build up your mindset you can motivate yourself while you're working out or when you're doing something else so it kind of I feel like it puts at least when I'm doing it puts my mind in a a different mindset to where I'm like, "All right, I'm learning right now so I need to be physical and do something productive like it makes me more productive when I'm listening so it's a great result of listening to podcasts yeah
1: I agree so you talk you talk about the art of man, manliness and I know you talk about that podcast often what are your, some of your other influences and you know I'll talk about a few of mine to eat too
2: yeah so our domain Manliness was really kind of where I got the because you know all podcasts are different is where I got the style like mm. the music the intro the the transfer music and then the whole interview style so that was really the main one and then the Way I Heard It with Mike Rowe is another really good one that I highly mm-hmm. recommend to anybody. He does a great job making it like super-duper educational and enticing. And the whole time, I I have yet to listen to a podcast besides that one where the whole time you're like, oh my gosh, where is this going, where is this going? And it always come, turns out to be like a celebrity or a historian or somebody famous that you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they did this. So that one's a phenomenal one. Also some other ones I've been listening to, it, youtube is weird i've never really understood the um the whole youtube algorithm but they recommended one podcast to me that was doing a video format on youtube and it was metaminds and they're based in australia and they're about like kind of mental conditioning and just kind of making sure you have better mindsets and that one's been really good i'll listen to that one kind of every now and then but that that's good art of manliness the way i heard it of course yours Vance Crowes, you're very welcome. I love yours. Talking biotech with Kevin Folta is another good one. And that, I mean, so there's so many like ag related podcasts, like for people that want to learn about ag, like Farm Traveler is good. For people that want to learn in depth about what's going on in ag, um, ag state of mind, yours is a phenomenal one. And the people that really want to get down to the nitty gritty, the science and everything going into it, talking biotech with Kevin Folta is a good one. And so those are really like the main podcasts, I think, that have kind of influenced the show that I've kind of gotten inspiration from and kind of taken tidbits from, so stuff like that. What about you? What are some ones that you've kind of taken some stuff from?
1: So I'll. nobody can see it um, here unless maybe you, I know you post videos sometimes, so maybe when it's your oh. turn. So, But this, Working Cows Podcast, that podcast showed me that people actually are really interested in in talking ag and listening to ag, listening especially to uh, about about cows and about you know new ways, innovative ways to make a profitable and sustainable ranch. And that one and Clay, Clay Connery, the host, he was so helpful to me in getting me started. Um, I sent an email to him talking about, you know, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And he wrote me this war and peace level email about all the things that, you know, I need to do and, you know, where to start, what, you know, what like kind of boxes to check. So, you know, any, and like my main influence, I feel like has, was working Cal's podcast with Clay Conry It's a, it's a wonderful podcast. And, um, he'll, he'll tell you, he's kind of a, a sound nerd too. Um, <laughs> he, he's really, he starts talking to me about some sound things and I'm like, Way over my head, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. his his audio is excellent. He I I really tried to model my own podcast after his. But uh, also uh, Tim Hamrich, who's I know a mutual friend of ours, the Future of Agriculture podcast. Um, I know like his podcast gets really in depth. I know into biotech and um, sustainable agriculture, and you know a, a whole the all these other things that sometimes do as well go over my head, but Tim as a person uh, is an incredible asset. He, uh, I met Tim in person at NCBA a few years ago, and uh, you know he's he's been a really good friend to me. And he was another person who really helped me out. But uh, besides that, um, my favorite non-ag podcast is the Ed Milette show. He has just like the best guests, like every time I'm like, Oh, this was my favorite. And this was my favorite, you know, every one of them. And, uh, you know, uh, he just, every week he just has some of the best guests in like sports, entertainment, entrepreneurs, you know, it's just, it's just been a really, and I, I I've taken a lot from like, not necessarily his style, but a lot of the knowledge that I gained and applied it to my own podcast. I think he's the first, I talk a lot about him in my own podcast about how mental health is on a spectrum. Um, you know, we all have it. We just all are in... And we all have this like different place we are with it at different times. And he's the first person I really heard say that. And I've really like kind of had that as like almost like a ethos of, of mine, you know, when I'm talking about it. And it really helped me change the way I approached my podcast too. So those are like probably the three biggest influences I've had.
2: Those are good. Those sound like really good podcasts. And And yeah, Tim is... I had him on months ago, and then I just happened to message him on, I think LinkedIn, and I was like, "Hey, dude, let's start a Facebook group with all these ag-related podcasts." And we yeah. did, and it's been such a really cool resource. Like that's, I think that's how we got in touch. That's how, yep, sure of, is. That's how I got yep. in touch with Rob Sharkey. I mean, it's been a great resource. I'm glad we built that.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Me too. And you know, there's some. I mean some really great like you talk about rob rob i i should mention he's a huge influence of for what i've done mm-hmm. too i mean he's like the rock star in this kind of space where we're at you know and yeah as far as ag podcast i mean he's kind of the og
2: he's you know the, he's and, the joe rogan of the ag podcasting world <laughs> he is that is exactly it's a,
1: a perfect way to to describe him he is like the joe rogan of the ag podcast world and you know i think we're all like kind of in his shadow Thankfully, you know he kind of oh, yeah. is a trailblazer for us, and uh, you know, and I, I and I, and I'm not saying this just because I'm on here with you, but I, I really enjoy your podcast too. Well, gracias, um, thank you. The the one, gosh, I can't remember one really stuck with me. If you, oh, when you had Zach on the Millennial Farm, uh, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, Farm. that was awesome.
2: Yeah, Zach was a great he, guy. So,
1: great guy, you know, and like. I think he's another one of those kind of trailblazers mm-hmm. for more like in the YouTube side of things, but you know, he's, he's got a podcast too, you know, so there's so many like great people. I feel like where we can, you know, kind of take influence from.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. No, he, he was a great guest. Cause I'm always, I, I'm still trying to push farm Traveler on YouTube, but he's got such a, a great following on YouTube. he, I mean, he makes ag interesting to watch for an outsider. Like he just does all this great stuff, all this educational stuff in his videos. So, I mean, he was great. I was super excited that he was on.
1: So we'll kind of move this along here. Try not to make it too choppy and too much like a, try to make (laughs) it more like a conversation. I think we're doing a, I I think we're doing a decent job. Yeah. So, I mean, but uh, how, like, what did you expect from this podcast? Like, what did you, where did you expect it to take you? Like, what, did you have an end game when you started?
2: Yeah, I think Endgame to be a millionaire. I want to make at least like twenty five million from it. Yeah, yeah. of course, don't all we all? The sponsors. <laughs> no, I mean, you know. So the end game for all of this is really, again, I, I'm a huge micro fan. I love Dirty Jobs. the The whole end game, when I started Farm Traveler, the blog, I really wanted to do like YouTube series. Like, I wanted to actually go to a farm, film it, have people watch it. Well, really, nobody wanted to do that for a guy that just had a blog with no background or anything. So, which was totally fine and understandable. Well, and then they were much more acceptable to, yeah, I'll sit down on a phone call and talk to you and I'll, we'll do a podcast. So that was great. So the end game is to continue the podcast and kind of continue this niche because everybody that likes a podcast can continue to listen to it. But I really want to do video. Like the end goal is to have some sort of like YouTube series where it's Farm Traveler where we're actually going to farms in the States, across the country, touring and seeing what's going on. Because when I was teaching, I could rarely find like some up to date videos and kids love videos. I mean, mm-hmm. we would every Monday morning when the kids were super sleepy, my first period ready class, I would put on Good Mythical Morning on YouTube for like 10 minutes and they always eat this just random stuff, but it's actually kind of educational. And so we would watch it and they would eat it up like, My bad kids will be like, hey, I can't wait for Monday morning and be in your class. I'm like, are you serious? (laughs) So they love videos. And so I think it would be a great resource for students, for teachers, and just for consumers. Because I mean, behind Google, YouTube is the most searched, like it's the most popular search engine. So that's the end game. Maybe we'll get there one day. Maybe, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah,
1: for me, I think, and I, I didn't have like, I tell everybody this and I joke about this and actually it was kind of Tim Hamrich that kind of put this in my mind. Like I wanted to get like 10 episodes out and kind of see where it went from there. And I, I, yeah. I fully expected to get like eight or 10 episodes and then just quit not, not quit, but like take a break and see where it was. Well, that like, that was like nothing, you know, once I got started and like my biggest problem was like, I was scared of like running out of guests or running out of material. Mm -hmm. But like once I got started and once people started hearing about what was going on and like, I mean it, you know, one person would tell me two more people and then, you know, two more people and, you know, it just kind of blossomed from there where it almost is like, I almost have almost, overwhelmed with so many people, <laughs> which is great, you know, a great yeah. problem to have. You'll, I mean, I'm sure you can attest to that, you know, having, having so much content. Um, so I, I think what I would like, of course, the world is so different now, um, since it was, than it was six, seven, eight months ago when I started this, but, uh, I, I really find that I think what I want to do with this where i want this to go is more into like speaking and being you know you talk about being an ffa teacher i would love to be at ffa conventions Mm -hmm. you know in front of ffa kids because as far as like the whole mental health and agriculture thing goes trying to break that stigma Um, it starts with the youth. It starts with those 14 to 18 year old kids and talking to them before they realize that it's not okay to, or, you know, quote unquote, not okay to talk about it and, uh, you know, make it normal to them. So they just like kind of expect that to be kind of part of their normal dialogue. Um, And I realized that about halfway into, and when my son got more involved in ffa i realized how important of an organization that was and you know that's kind of where i want to go with this i think my dream like when i say like like where like the star and the horizon is uh speaking at national ffa
2: that's awesome yeah i mean that's so needed and i know people like jay hill he's got a huge instagram following and he does that too. he does a lot of speaking engagements so that is definitely something that you should do i mean that, that'd be really cool i know i, I I mean, I, when, when I was in FFA, I go to Florida, the Florida State Convention and the National FFA Convention. They have so many good speakers about a broad list of topics. And so, I mean, ag mental health, I feel like is something that they would eat up. So I hope you get to that point. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think so. And like you were saying, like you, you know, you have a teaching background and, you know, you understand what the kids want, you know, like, what do you remember from school? Do you remember the textbook you read? No. Oh, you remember yeah, no. You, you remember watching Reading Rainbow, you mm-hmm. know, or Schoolhouse Rock, you know, oh, yeah. those things, that, you know, that's what you remember. So like having that sort of like in ag education, that's so valuable because kids are going to remember that forever, you know, for, whether or not they go into ag or not, they were going to have an understanding of that. And that's, crucial I feel like going forward especially when you know there's so much misinformation out there
2: oh yeah I I mean looking back at high school I remember I don't remember anything from my English class math class I remember stuff in ag and history I mean that's pretty much Mm -hmm. it I mean in ag you're going on so many trips you have so many like in-class projects and hands-on activities and stuff like that and I mean you just have more impactful moments really and so I mean I feel like ag kids would eat that up
1: yeah. yeah, I totally agree. So let's let's just spend a minute here. We kind of touched on it just a little bit in just conversation, but how do we manage to make a real conversation versus one that seems way too structured? I think that was a big challenge for me too. Is and I like my wife called me out on it early on. I was like you you've got to quit asking the questions and then waiting for the response because I think I think that's like what you feel like you're doing as a quote unquote interviewer is you know asking questions and then waiting for response and then asking another question but no like it's really more about having a real conversation and I think people learn so much from that so how how do you like balance that
2: yeah you know that is something I've been trying to figure out since I started it the more I interview people the more I realize that interviewing is really an art form because you are trying to you want to be prepared, but you don't want to be too prepared. You want to ask them your questions, but you also want them to bring up questions that you have no clue that they're going to bring up. And, I mean, what you might have an outline for as the perfect interview can, be, can go completely out the window because they can bring up something that you have no clue about. So, right. I mean, it's so difficult. And so, I've tried the first, I think the first season really, I would have like some detailed notes and I would go through the questions. But then listening to them, I would be, which I, I I hate listening to the podcast. Like, I cannot listen yeah. to my own voice. I would just try to skip ahead and listen to the guest. It is, it's the weirdest thing. Are you kind of the same? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. A hundred
1: percent. A hundred percent. I hate the way I talk. Yeah, yeah. I think that's everybody.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, I want to go back and listen to them, but I don't want to be, I don't want to look like a narcissist. Like, what are you doing? I'm listening to my podcast. Like, <laughs> you need to listen to it again. I'm like, well, yeah, I need to go back and listen to all what, what the guest was saying. But, And when I would go back and listen to them, I would be like, wow, actually, I forgot that they said it because I was so focused on the next question. Mm -hmm. So it's so you've got to walk a fine line. But this season two, I've really only come up with a few bullet points. And Mm -hmm. we'll just kind of go from there. And so really, it it helps when you've had guests that have done interviews before because they know what they're going to do. They really they don't tell you, but they have talking points that they're probably going to bring up every single time, which is great. But then you've also got some people that have great information and great stories to tell, but they haven't been on an interview before. So you've got to kind of walk them through the steps subconsciously and kind of help them get there. But I mean, it's an art form really. I honestly don't know of any podcaster that has cracked the formula. I think everybody's trying to do their own spin on it. So it's a struggle, but I mean, what have you found out? Have you, you, are you getting close to cracking the code? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I wish. (laughs) So, uh, I uh, and I just found
1: this out, honestly, really recently, and it was there was a podcast that the- the what the farm podcast is one that is been another really huge influence it's another one of rob Sharkey's, but it's along with leslie kelly who leslie has been a huge friend to me and huge asset because she's done so much work with ag mental health and you know she's kind of a pioneer in that stage too but they let's see when was it it was in may i remember it was may because i was out checking the hay. i was when i was listening to it i was walking around the hay fields looking you know how things are growing and stuff and i was listening to it and they had dave kelly who is like uh i'd say he's kind of like the canadian regis philbin type guy you know probably calling the canadian uh michael strahan now or something you know some yeah. a, a big personality on tv mm-hmm. and they had him on and talking about the the art of interviewing what it takes to t- make a good interview and and i found this out like me wanting to ask the next question before the last question was answered. And, you know, trying to be too concerned with how it was moving, instead of just actually sitting there and listening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being then and then he said that he's in a roundabout way, I can't remember exactly how he said it. um, But he said, you know, being a good interview is not about asking good questions. It's about being a good listener to their answers. And, you know, it's a difference, you know, and that's, that, that's really stuck with me in trying to be more intentional with how I, I pay attention to different guests and what we talk about and not being so concerned. And, and, I, and I think it's really important to have an outline or have a general, like, you know, bullet points, but don't be married to it, you know. Oh, yeah.
2: Be Take- willing to adapt.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, like we've maybe just like talking about here, you know, this is probably gone in a different direction than I expected it to, which is good. You know, a that's good direction, okay. Yeah. yeah and I, I, that's what I love about podcasting is because it's two people having a conversation that they can just be applicable to everyone and, you know, people can find value in it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, you want to you want to learn what you want to learn, but you also want to guide it so your audience can learn a thing or two. And so, but I think what you said is really good because I mean, you might think you need to ask the right questions, but really you just need to listen to the answers. Like that's all you really got to do. You got to be a good interviewer and a good listener. Sometimes I find that being a good listener is much better than right, than asking the right questions. So yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's a funny line to walk. It's I mean it one, one day yeah do you still get nervous oh all the time do all you? the time my if, if you listen to mine you will realize that my my nervous tick is oh that's really cool i mm. every time i say really cool in the interview my wife like looks at me like you need to stop saying really cool and i literally write it down every time like do not say really cool so that's my that's my filler word my nervous tick so i, I got to figure it out so do you do you might yeah mine's you know yeah you know you know this you know that yeah yeah, everybody has the tick i hate hate to i hate to like give that tell but (laughs) i'm I'm gonna have to go back through and listen to yours now
1: yeah there's (laughs) Especially in those early episodes, there was a lot of you knows and my wife called me out on it too. She says, you know, you say that a lot. (laughs) It's like, you know, you know, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So does your wife listen to all your podcasts?
2: She does. Yeah, she I think she's a little behind right now because I mean, we've been in quarantine. We she usually listens to them a lot in the gym. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, like most of them should be like, this is really cool. I didn't know this was happening because she didn't really grow up around agriculture, or she didn't have ad classes or anything like that. So she's really like the perfect candidate because she's a consumer and she wants to learn which is great. And so cool. yeah, she'll listen to him and every now and then I'll catch her listening to him and I'm like, "Oh, you listen to the podcast." She's like, "Yeah, you're welcome." I'm like, "This is great."
1: Yeah. My wife doesn't listen to him. Oh,
2: <gasps> she doesn't? No, why? <laughs> she gets nervous she gets, she gets nervous, nervous for me <laughs> she's like oh no is he gonna mess up this question What's he yeah, yeah,
1: and she like she'll tell you that and like i used to like i got used to get really upset with her about it but like now i'm like yeah i get it like she that's <laughs> yeah. just her personality she gets she listened to the first few you know to make sure i wasn't totally doing something that was ridiculous um yeah. but now she's just like yeah, I'm good. You know, I I, tr- I trust that you're not making a fool out of yourself. So. There you go.
2: She she yeah. realizes you have experience now doing it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I I cannot spell to save my life. So since we started the blog, Allie is like the spell checker. Um, oh, okay. she, anytime I'm doing an intro or something, she's like, hey, you need to redo that. I'm like, okay, I will. Yeah. So I call her my producer. So she's been a pretty good producer over the years. Now
1: Carrie she'll share my you know she'll always share the podcast yeah. and she'll she'll like them on social media and everything mm-hmm. when I you know do the uh the headliner thing which is something you and we'll talk I want to like talk about that a little bit it, it, you know the headliner as some of the tools that we've been able to oh, I know yeah. you you use YouTube a lot and you know I think headliner has been a big thing for that for you so what are some of the most useful tools that you have found
2: Yeah I mean the tools are always evolving there are three things that really I have grown to use over and over again. One is Notion. So I follow this YouTuber, Thomas Frank. He's called College Info Geek. He's all about productivity and studying and learning and stuff like that. Notion, I use to keep the notes for the meetings, to schedule interviews. Basically, I have like, it's it's basically a glorified Google spreadsheet. You can manage it, you can create different pages. Like I have all the farm traveler art assets in there, our text assets in there, the schedule, I have like all the episodes listed out with their iTunes links, Spotify links, when they were recorded, and you can click on it and it opens up all the notes and stuff for the interview. So it's great, I love Notion, I highly recommended it. I started off with with Google Spreadsheets, but I would have several spreadsheets, a lot of spreadsheets, and then Google Docs always open, but Notion, you can really keep it into one. So Notion's great. And then, um, so I started out with Adobe, I mean, I started out with er, Audacity, free, Mm. it's awesome, super powerful. I've been using it for, I think, up until three weeks ago when I was trying to do a video on YouTube. And my wife, she's working on her MBA at Auburn or Eagle. And she, we were able to get the student version for the Adobe Cloud. And so I was using Adobe Premiere Pro for, that ep- for the video. And ever since then, I've been using Adobe Audition to edit the podcast. It's a huge learning curve, but I've noticed a slight improvement in the audio and it might be because yeah like it might be because i've added like some bass to it or something but going back i've noticed a slight just ever so slightly improvement and i don't know if that's me because i'm always trying to get the audio better but it's been great i there are tutorials out there that are great some not so great but you really got to pick and choose so i'm slowly working on getting better with adobe audition and then headliner headliner is Phenomenal! Like every every podcasting like spreadsheet online that kind of gives you tips and tricks on how to grow your podcast, they always tell you to have like some sort of short video. Well, mm, if you don't, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't record your interview, you have the audio. The well, headliner is first off, it's the best thing. It's free, and right. you can make um short thirty second to a minute video on your podcast. You know, put their image up, then have like little waveform, put it on Instagram, Facebook. It's great. It's super easy, and I even you can have it where it's automated. And I had it up for all of season one, I think, where it would automatically generate a video based on that interview, and then I would upload that to YouTube. And that would get, you know, every episode would probably get about, uh, I'd say about 10 or 12 views. There was one with Ranch Wives Beef Company that got like 280 mm-hmm. views on YouTube, which I was like, okay, this is sweet. So it was great. Headliner's awesome. Yeah, Headliner, Notion, Adobe Audition, uh, the tools are always changing. It's it's crazy. There's so many tools out there. What what have you been using? What's helped you be so successful? I think we
1: obviously we're recording this on uh, Zoom. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's I don't know if anybody knew what Zoom was before quarantine, but we sure do now. You know, <laughs> so I mean it's okay. uh, it's like it's like it's skyrocketed in the last few months. So and I think you and I talked about how Zoom has improved because it has the ability to. You know, this, when we, when I hit stop here and if in, in, in several minutes, it's going to, it's going to record us on two separate channels. And that is glorious when it comes to editing, you know, you can move, you know, you can move things around. I don't do my own editing. My son does the editing. Thankfully, I wouldn't have if I had to do the own, my own <laughs> editing, I would not have a podcast. I can promise you that. Um, so like that's made my life so much and made his life so much easier once we figured that out. I've also uh, Zencaster was another thing that I've used before. Have you heard of that?
2: Yeah, I, I have an account. I haven't used it. So what what's your experience been like for it?
1: Um, OK, and this will kind of get into my biggest challenge too uh, with with podcasting. And that's my shoddy internet service here mm, in rural Missouri yeah. which is <laughs> is really tough. I'm actually on a hotspot on my phone right now um instead of using cuz our internet's so bad. Like there's yeah. a, you know if I'm going to do a video interview I have to set up a hotspot on my phone. Um but Zencaster is is the audio quality is much better with Zoom than it is with Zoom but there's no video. I think they start I think there's a beta version of Zencaster being released soon where they're going to have video but there's no video but it's all recorded on the cloud. So I mean there's some definite advantages and then once you're done it it's recorded as an MP3 file and as you know with Zoom there's some conversion that needs to happen mm-hmm. and you know that's that's kind of makes it hard and lo- loading mm-hmm. it into audacity can be hard but you know there's none of that with Zencast or the audio quality and and the ease of upload it uploads you can directly connect it to your um dropbox the files so and it records on two separate channels too and it's free you know so i mean i think that's what's really cool about all of this stuff or i mean most of it anyway is So much of podcasting is free. You know, you talked about Headliner's free, Audacity's free, uh, Zoom is free. You know, I started my podcast, the only thing, and Clay Connery told me this, the only thing I started my podcast with was this $60 ATR microphone off of Amazon. That was it. That's all I needed to get started. And then I used an eight-year-old laptop. You know, I've I've since upgraded. Thankfully, now, yeah. um, but it's, it's 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 was surprisingly easy to get started. Uh, and I if I if I'd have known how easy it was to get started, I probably would have started sooner.
2: <laughs> yeah, same. Looking back, I just wish I would have done it a lot sooner. Because I mean, yeah, every like if you look not hard, if you look. Like, for a couple minutes, you can find most of your resources for free. I mean, free editing software, free recording software, like you said, with Zoom or whatever else. And, I mean, really, you can buy a decent mic for, like you said, 50, 60 bucks, and that's pretty much it. I mean, a lot of people just use their phone. I forget. I think it's like Anchor or something. You can get an app, and you can record on your phone for free, and you can Mm -hmm. um, edit it on there. So, the barrier for entry, which is why there are so many podcasts now, the barrier for entry is so small. And it's great for anybody to to get their story out there, kind of teach people, make people laugh or whatever, share the news. But then once you start doing it, you want to start tinkering. You want to start getting your audio quality to be like the big guys. But then, I mean, you can pour a lot of money into it. But if you do your research, you can improve everything for not too expensive at all so yeah
1: it's like now to me I, it's it's more about time than money yeah now mm-hmm. so which and time obviously has a value on it too so uh being able to streamline things is is a big big thing now for me too yeah. so
2: streamline is a big thing making it i mean you want to be as productive as possible it's a fun side hustle but you don't want it to eat up all of your free time
1: right exactly yeah and i said and i told somebody once like if this ever like got too stressful for me, I would just, I would quit. I mean, podcasting is the one thing in my life that does not cause me stress. And I'm so thankful for that um, because it allows me to just want to do it all the time and want to grow it and see where it's going to go because, um, I I just, I just enjoy it so much. I I am a very big personality and I need a lot of interaction with people. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, so, I mean, it's, it's an easy way to kind of, um, scratch that itch.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I've had more fun listening and learning from people just doing this. And I mean, I like video games, but this is a much more rewarding hobby than video games, obviously. Sure, you yeah. Can, you can learn from people, you can build friendships, relationships, you can have some sort of impact on your community. And I mean, I, towards the beginning, I stressed out a lot. I'm like, oh my God, this has got to grow, this has got to grow. But as I continue to do, it, I'm like, this is fine. This is a little hobby. It doesn't have to be all the pressure, just enjoy it. So, yeah. Yeah. The struggle but the struggle is a good struggle
1: yeah and i think that's a good spot to where like we can kind of wrap this thing up and you know talking about like growth and talking about how what the expectations to set and to me like i wanted to like at first i was like i want to get x number of listens and x number of downloads on each episode and like now like when i got into it i'm like that's not really a tangible goal, you know? Cause I, that's like something I don't really have control over. So like just being able to do the work and doing as much like work to spread the word as much as possible, I mean, and then not like, and then just leave it, the rest of it up to organic, you know, to just whatever happens and, you know, not relying so much on the result, but enjoying the, enjoying the process.
2: Yeah, it's real hard not to get bent up with numbers. I mean, comparing your show to other shows. I mean, comparing your ratings to other ratings. I mean, that's something that I struggled with in the beginning. I was like, man, like first couple episodes, why do we only have 25 or 50 listens? And then I get so bent out of shape that I'm like, now I'm like, I still do. But I mean, as long as you are better than your previous episode, you're doing good. Like that is really the only thing that matters. Like if you're enjoying it and if you're like trying to make, if you're trying to improve each episode, great. Good on you. I mean, we can't all have Joe Rogan numbers. We can't all have millions of listens every episode, but I mean, just enjoy it. So that's something I've still got to work on, but I'm definitely learning as I make more and more episodes. Yeah. yeah,
1: Don't get me wrong. I obviously still look at my numbers, but I don't obsess over them like I used to, you know? And I, I think it's more important to me to have a few people that listen to every single episode than a bunch of people all the time you know having having a following and having kind of building a community around the podcast that's been my favorite thing about it
2: yeah it's fun because it's you built it it's you built it it's your followers you can have honest discussions about stuff that you all are interested in it's stuff you want to learn about so yeah it's great awesome it's a fun little world it's a fun little world the ag podcasting It,
1: it is it is and i i am very thankful that you and i were able to hook up and you know i feel like we're friends now even though we've not met in person and hopefully we're going to next month you know um when you're down here in florida yeah it's so funny (laughs) it might work out yeah Yeah. (laughs) so uh it's just but i i i just i love having friends from all over the country and uh it's 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 been a it's been a huge thing for me so Um, I I, I appreciate your friendship, your support of the podcast, um, all those things, man. It's been really great to get to know you. And I I feel like this is going to be a relationship that continues on.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. And I appreciate your friendship and all this. I feel like we are both in similar stages with our podcast, with our podcasting career. And I mean, I feel like we are both like we both want to learn more about podcasts. We both want to improve, but we're not going to let it destroy us and like drive us nuts. So I mean, it's cool. Thanks to Facebook and thanks to, I mean, Tim Hamrick and I for making the Facebook group and got everybody in touch. Yeah, so yep. it worked out and I'm excited for you to come down to Florida, man. Yeah, be great. yeah I'm excited too.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> well, cool. Well, T- Trevor, I appreciate you coming on and uh, I, well, I mean, I'm not sure how that we're going to work as far as uh, releasing this win, but you know, that's something you and I can work out together.
2: Yeah, I mean, I appreciate the time. I'm glad I had you on a few months ago and I'm glad I finally talked with you again. We'll have to do this more more often, like just kind of yeah, see how maybe like doing and see how, yeah, how it's going. I think it's
1: okay. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So, Deal. all right, man. Well, I appreciate it.
2: Absolutely, Jason. Thanks, man. Have a good one.